Did the fullback bring him down? First time, maybe even second time. Still we go on. Juric has dribbled his way clear. Welcome to the Round Ball Project. Uh, personally, uh, my guest today is one of my favorite players when he played for the victory, uh, my hometown club. He's had a very, very long career. Uh, that's playing so far for Middlesbrough, Burnley, Charlton Athletic, Perth Glory, Melbourne Victory, and his current club in Saudi Arabia. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do wrong here, but is it Al Kodzia or how do you pronounce it properly? Yeah, that'll do. That's close enough. <laughs> With representing Wales at youth level and Australia at senior, at senior level 14 times, um, he's one of the most, in my opinion, underrated prospects in recent memory. And uh, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me and thank you for the kind words. No worries, of course. I'd just like to ask you first, how is it? Um, are you currently in uh, Saudi Arabia at the moment or are you um, somewhere else? No, we, uh, me and my family actually stayed in Saudi. Uh, we've actually got a really nice uh, compound and, and, and living quarters here. And uh, it's nice and safe. We've got a lot of friends here. So uh, no, we're really comfortable and we've ended up st- staying in Saudi until we know further. So how is it um, stipulation-wise in Australia? We are currently in um, very intense lockdown, but how is it currently there? Uh, probably similar. I, I honestly think we, we might be a little bit worse. I, I still speak to my family in Perth a, a lot of the time and they're saying uh, the lockdown isn't too bad in WA. Um, mm, yeah. But over here, there's curfews. You're only allowed two in a car. Oh, uh, really? Only, supermarket, yeah. only supermarkets and pharmacies are open at the moment, uh, which is good. So they're trying to combat it as quickly as possible and, and I feel like they're doing their right, the right thing here. So you'd say that adjusting to the Saudi Arabian I know the Middle East it's very hot there I've personally been to Israel amongst other places it's it's a different climate there isn't it yeah it's, it's getting there now you know we're just coming out of like uh, like this sort of the winter period mm. um, starting to warm up now so it's not too bad so it's mid 30s which is quite nice for the for the puddling pool in the back garden and stuff so um, no it's getting there it's going to get hot you know, the only thing is staying in Saudi Arabia over summer might be uh, a bit tough for my for my young kids because of the heat, but um, yeah, it's something exactly. we have to deal with together. Of course. Uh, obviously, currently with your club, uh, I don't, I'm not exactly following the Saudi Arabian uh, first division at the moment. Uh, but how how has that fared this season? I, I'm from my understanding, uh, did it start or because I know there's some many Asian leagues that haven't exactly begun yet, or they've only played Asian Champions League fixtures. Yeah, so uh, last year we actually we got relegated from the top league, so we're in the second league at the minute, which is uh, which is which is actually going well. You know, we're pushing for promotion. Uh, we've got about I think nine or ten games left, um, so we're near the top. Uh, we're looking to, to to bounce straight back up, but uh, I think there's rumours of the league starting again in August and finishing September. So I think so I think they're just trying to like a push it out in, in uh, six weeks or so just to finish off the season. Obviously, there's a lot of sta- uh, a lot of stake for a lot of teams. Um, but who knows? It's, it's anyone's guess what's going to happen next year. Exactly. Um, if, 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 if Wikipedia is correct, is, uh, Jack St- is Jack Duncan still in the, key- the team, the keeper? Yes, he is. Yeah, so it's always yeah, so nice how, to have a, how, a, a yeah, fellow Yeah, I was about Aussie. to ask, how is the relationship uh, with, uh, with him so far? 
Yeah, he's, he's a great guy, you know, and we're, we're good friends. Um, we're both in the same boat here together. We mo- both moved here at the same season. Yeah. Uh, so we've, we've relied on each other a lot, you know, not only with football, but outside of football. And, and uh, both of our wife, his fiance and my wife, uh, mm. they're friends as well. So we, we, we do catch up a lot. And it's nice to have a fellow Aussie here and, uh, and someone who we can uh, bounce ideas off uh, on and off the football pitch. That's absolutely wonderful. Um, to have someone like that, especially in the current times we are in. But uh, I'd just like yeah, to ask, exactly. it's, it, interestingly, you don't see many, well, actually, there are a couple uh, that could come to mind. But um, starting off in the Wales youth setup, um, what was it like, you know, the players, how, how was the style there, you know, compared to, I guess, other youth setups that you've heard of um, internationally, such as the Oli Roos setup or, you know, how how did you, how did you find that experience in such a at a young age playing with uh, obviously you know the well set up? Um, you know, it was a great opportunity for myself. Uh, Australia had, weren't really interested uh, back then, um, and Wales showed a lot of interest. You know, my my, my grandfather was was from Wales. Uh, the manager at the time of Wales was it was a guy called Brian Flynn. So he came to see me yeah, at Middlesbrough yeah. a good few days and. Uh, I wasn't too keen on to start because I am Australian. And then uh, he put the idea in my head that, that, that we'd have a successful campaign and, uh, and a long future together. Uh, and my, my Wales team under 21s was, was top notch as well. You know, you got the likes of Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey, yeah. um, Sam Vokes, Wayne Hennessy. You know, we had, we, had a, we had a very strong, strong team and, and I enjoyed every minute of it. I'd never take any of it back. Um, but at the end of the day, you know that that was that was the past, and and things change um, in yeah. football and in life. And uh, and uh, I always knew uh, I wanted to play for Australia, and and that was something that uh, that I had to make the decision to change over. I just like to go back on that. Did you expect the players such as Aaron Ramsey? You know, I think Gareth Bale was a, was a left back back then. So, did you expect them to be the global superstars that they are today? Uh, yeah, you could always see it, you know, uh, the manager, Brian Flynn, he, uh, I remember him saying about Ramsey saying when he was at, uh, it was, I think he was at Cardiff at the time, and and uh, the manager coming in saying, watch this kid, he'll be the next best thing. So um, it was great to be a part of, of their youth, uh, watch, watching them grow up as well, and watching the players they are today. And yeah. uh, and I'm so proud to say I've played with, with the likes of these names. Of course. Uh, starting at ECU... Um, what was it like then? How did, how did the trials come about going to England? I've actually heard a couple of your interviews before, um, but the process of playing uh, football at, in, uh, in WA and then you've seen actually a lot of players from ECU come up and do good things within Australia and Europe. So um, what is it about ECU that got you those trials in Europe? I don't know. It was a great club, you know, growing up. Um, like you said, there's a lot of names that have came through there that have, that have gone on to, to achieve great things. And, it's, and it makes me proud to be one of them names. Um, but yeah, it was just a great setup for youth, for youth football. Um, my trials came about, I think I was playing in the, um, in the ECU first team at 15. Uh, I went for trials at Glory Youth and, and never made the cut. Um, so stayed at ECU and started doing well in the first team. And then uh, at that time, I don't know if they're still good at it now, but they had uh, they had this opportunity for players who they thought would would go over and and had a chance of uh, of of signing for a club. And 
and they got in touch with an agent who set up the trials. Um, so the, the, the clubs that players tend to go to were Portsmouth, Aston Villa, Leicester. Uh, they they were the they were the contacts the agent had the best. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah, the club ended up paying for 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 one player each season to to head over and and give it a crack. And and I was lucky enough to be picked that year. I've actually got a couple of questions up a bit. Um, how do you say this? There, the spurted throughout the throughout the questions. Some from Twitter, some from Facebook. John says, uh, "Do you expect to one day to return to ECU once your professional career is complete?" I think they're now playing in the MPL, uh, WA. So. Yeah, I still actually follow him. You know, I've still got a lot of friends and uh, and also family that are that are involved in that league. So I do follow it quite quite a lot. Um, yeah, I'll have to see if they they'll want to take me back one day. But uh, yeah, who knows? I w- I wouldn't say no to that one. Very nice to hear. Uh, so spending a long time at Middlesbrough, you know, about um, a long time, but I think it was eleven years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what was that club to you? Obviously. Shortly after you left, they I think it was the season they got promoted to the Premier League. So what was it like to be just a, such a long servant at that club? Uh, you, you know, I feel, I feel privileged to say that I, I spent so long at one club. Uh, I think it ended up being maybe, maybe 12 or 13 years by the time I left. So, no, you, you know what, it's an, it's an amazing achievement to say I stayed at one club for that long. Uh, and, and yeah, I, w- I would say that's my hometown club. Uh, that's, that's the feelings I have for that club and, and the time I spent there and the people I knew, the people that, 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 that came and went, you know. So um, I feel like I was a fixture uh, at that football club uh, for a long, long time. And, and it, makes me, it makes me proud, uh, like I said, to be at a, at a club for that long. Um, I enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, I was also captain at the club. Yeah. Uh, like you said, the, the year I was injured, uh, they got promoted. So I don't know what that's saying about me. I tried so hard to get promoted, <laughs> never got promoted. Yeah. The year I missed out, they get promoted. So <laughs> uh, take what you want out of that one. But um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm proud and I'm privileged. And, and I feel like uh, I've got a lot of amazing times and memories at that football club. Absolutely. Uh I've got another question from Michael Turner. I believe he's the host of the West, the Western Sydney Wanderers fan podcast around the block. Uh, did you expect Gareth Southgate at the time to manage the English national football team? Obviously, he's had tremendous success with that with that side. Um, and did he have any signs of being that manager of coach that he's that he's like very lauded to be as today? Uh, do you know what? I trained alongside him a lot of the time when he was when he was at Middlesbrough, and you could see he was a modern modern professional everything he did was was the right thing to do you know it was something it was a role model someone you could lean on and and learn from and I felt like I did at the time I learned a lot of watching him and training with him uh, and then the following year he ended up being the manager so uh, I actually we got along well I was involved with the Premier League a few times with him uh, when he was when he was manager um, the season after uh, we got relegated and that's when he gave me my debut so uh, I'll always be grateful uh, and thankful for what he's done for for my career. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, there was always signs there. You know, he will, he will go on to be to, to, to be a big and uh, and successful manager. You know, he's he's driven. Uh, he was a captain of Middlesbrough when I was there. I moved into the managerial role with with ease. And you know what? Um, I wish him all the best. And and it's it makes me happy to see how well he's doing. Absolutely. 
Now, obviously, are you still in contact with Gareth a little bit now, or not really? Um, no, not really. Football's football's a funny sport, you know. Like you definitely yeah. keep in contact with many people because you move around. But say if yeah. I seen him tomorrow, it'll be like we've we've never been apart. Um, I think that's the sort of thing I live by. You know, I'm not really one to keep in contact with a lot of players, but yeah, fair uh, play. As and when, as and when we'll chat, and, and it's like um, nothing ever changed. For sure. Now. I'd just like to ask, how would how did you receive your first call up to the Australian squad? Obviously, you mentioned before that they weren't really interested in you. I mean, once I saw that you were getting games for a championship side, they took some interest. And you know, how were the, how were those conversations? And what what yeah. was like the process through your head at that time? Uh, it was actually funny because the the the, 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 the person that came and scouted me playing for Burnley at the time, I was on loan at Burnley. And it was actually Graham Arnold who came to watch me to, <laughs> uh, to, to, to go back to the manager was, at the time. Was, so, was he the assistant? I'm, I'm pretty sure he was the assistant at the time. Yeah. I, I could be mistaken. He was, yeah. He, yeah. He was the assistant. He came to watch me play. We played Southampton away. And I actually had probably one of my worst games I had that season. Uh, but he saw, saw something good in me. Um, and, and I'll always be thankful to him for, for, for coming to watch me, to be honest, and, and, and reporting back to the manager at the time with... With, with, with good words um, and you know like I was a young kid at the time and you never really appreciate it but now you look back and you think how lucky am I to have, to have represented my country 14 times it's it's a dream you know but at the time you know you, you take like a pinch of salt and you're like yes I can't wait to go um, but now I look back and I, and I feel lucky for that chance I've been given absolutely that's you know the, the national team is lauded throughout Australian football and culture. I think that's the real thing that brings us together. But obviously with the recent events that have occurred, we lost um, Pim Verbeek. What was it like to work under him? I know he was uh, the manager one when you uh, got, your, got your call up. So what was it like to work under him? No, he was great. Uh, like I said, he's the one who gave me my debut, I think. So like, I'll always be grateful again. Um, I actually went to the South Africa World Cup with him. I was in the uh, the 30-man, uh, which yeah. 30-man squad that went over. Uh, and to be honest, like he, he took me while I was injured, so uh, we we're hoping that that I could get over there and get some get some proper treatment uh, from the uh, from the Australian doctors and physios. And I was hoping that I could. Um, get over my injury in time for the, in time for the tournament, but it wasn't meant to be, you know, I went over there and, and we had to make the decision that I, I wasn't ready. Um, and it was, and, and I still remember the day he told me on the team bus after, after one of the first friendlies that he had to make the decision and, and the decision was he couldn't take me because of my injuries. Uh, I wasn't ready. And um, ultimately it was a sad day for me and my family, but that, that's one that we, that we have to live with. Precisely right. And, um, I guess in the tail end years uh, at Middlesbrough came to a stage where, um, you know, obviously injured in that season uh, of when they got promoted. But what what was the process of like moving back to Australia and leaving England after 11 years, ultimately? Um, I, th I think it was a chance to kickstart my career. Uh, I'd, I'd fallen, this is completely honest, I'd fallen out of love with football. Um, being in England, watching my team go up was, was, was happy for me, but not being a part of that was hard to take. Um, and then after two years of being injured, two Achilles ruptures, 
uh, I just needed to find the love of the game again. Um, and what better place to, to do it than to, than to go home. Uh, a team I supported as a boy, Perth Glory. Uh, and at the time, it was, a bit, it was the only thing I wanted to do. You know, I had, a, I had interest from, from, from a lot of teams in the A-League, but Glory was the one I wanted to go. I wanted to kickstart my career. Um, Kenny Lowe was a family friend. Um, and it just seemed like the right thing to do at that time of my career. And, uh, you know, like, and a lot happened at Glory that year, but I'll never take any of it back. Precisely right. Now, how was it, adjust, how was it like to adjust, you know, to the A-League standard? I think the standard of the competition has dramatically improved ever since its inception in 2005. So, um, I, my opinion, I think many people would have the same thing, have the same opinion that you, you're one of the best Australian A-League defenders at the time. So... Adjusting to that standard, what was it like? Yeah, it was tough. You know, I I had two years out injured, uh, and to come back into a league where 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 a lot of their emphasis is on fitness more than technique at the time. You know, they're all great players technically, but the one the thing that surprised me was uh, the fitness. You know, and uh, that was the main thing that surprised me. But we had a great squad at glory that year we had a really really good mm, squad and exactly. we should have, we should have done a lot more than than what what we what we finished off but you know that's football we, you know like a game isn't one on a piece of paper that says uh, 11 11 like top players you know so mm, um yeah. no do you know what the, that glory year it was great for me to get back and enjoy football again and then to go on to victory from there just just kick started my career again so this sort of leads me into uh, I went on the Victory Forum. I asked them, and I got a lot of responses back. But uh, you know, I've got some personal questions. A lot of other ones have got as well. But you know, the moving to the Victory and to work under Kevin Musket, who is uh, regarded as one of Australia's greatest ever coaches um, with a lot of success. You know, how was it like to work under Kevin? And that process of moving to, like, to the Victory, yeah. Uh, amazing. You know, as soon as Victory came knocking, you know, I had a few offers after after glory um, from the A-League uh, and, and a little bit abroad. But victory, you know, as soon as they came in and, and playing for Muskie and, and playing for a club that size in, in, in Australia was, was amazing, you know. I loved every minute of it. Uh, I feel personally we, I had a good season, although that we ended up winning the grand final. But our league form uh, was hit and miss. Uh, but, you know, it was an amazing time for me. And I... I'll always be grateful to Victory for giving me the chance, and and the fans made me feel me and my family so warm and welcome, and and it's something that I, uh, you know, if I if I was ever going to go back to the A League, that's the first team I want to go to. Uh, and they were amazing, yeah. amazing for me and my family, and and I, and I still look, I still talk to a lot of them players at the club, and uh, and it's a club that's 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 in my heart. That was my, I'd say it's one of my first seasons as a fan where, you know, I really paid attention to the victory and to see, you know, that the way that we turned it around that year was really just stunning. That squad on paper was a very, very talented squad. The results didn't come, but especially I think the, the documentary, um, Believe as well, definitely emphasizes the, the struggles of the team and to overcome that adversity. Uh, but just like to, you know, a serious, serious question here. Anzal or Donks? Who? Nick Anzal or uh, James, James Donerke? 
Uh, I never played with Nick Ansel, so that's a tough question. But I, I rate Donks <laughs> really, really highly. Uh, I'm, I'm both good friends now. I, I got along really well with Donks. Actually, met Donks in the off season in Singapore with, with, his, oh, yeah. with his wife as well. Um, we got along really well with him. But you know, both great players. Uh, but uh, I didn't. Uh, I'd never played with Nick, uh, so it's a it's, it's a, a bit tough hard question. To, a bit hard to compare. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I can't compare. Yeah, that was Zach Simmons. That wasn't my question. So, <laughs> um, uh, this one from Nathan Martin. Martin, sorry. Uh, what is the work ethic? Well, was uh, what was the work ethic like at Melbourne Victory? We heard that um, famous interview uh, from by Lever and George said that the A League was a quote vacation league, saying that training would go for just two two hours some days. Is there any truth to this to this uh, rumor? Or fact. Uh, well, to be honest, I thought victory was the, was the fittest I've been in my life and the best I've felt uh, in my recent future. You know, uh, recent past. Sorry, uh, but I felt great at victory. You know, they they got me to another level, fitness wise, mentally wise as well. They got me back in it, and no, I, I think Leroy is more talking about his ability. Uh, you, you see, yeah. the season he had that that year, uh, we did we did work very hard. You know. You know, playing for Muskie and playing for Victory, it's it's not an easy job, you know, but it's a job that you that that you love to work hard and then you love to enjoy. So I think Leroy was more on about uh, his ability. You know, he ran the show that year. It was a PFA Team of the Year. He got the the Victory Medal and everything. So um, for Leroy, I think he was just happy with the way he played that year. One hundred percent, and many. I, actually, I wasn't. I'll give you a personal account. So, this, the the uh, semi final against Sydney FC, I was at a party, yeah. So I couldn't really watch the game, and I saw the team sheets, um, and then yeah, I saw you were injured. I was, I was, I was pretty heartbroken. I was like, oh shit, you know, he's he's injured, and I could only imagine the emotions going through your mind at that time. And how did it feel to you know get injured in that warm up? Ultimately, miss the uh, the final as well. Yeah, obviously it's tough to miss some big games like that, especially the season I had. I was enjoying every minute of it. Um, I felt like that season was uh, personally a success for myself and, and to miss arguably the two biggest games of the season was hard to take, you know. Um, although we ended up winning the grand final, uh, I still didn't, it's still, you know, like I wasn't 100% part of it because I'd missed a lot of games. Uh, yeah. So the, the two, two, two important ones, but. It's tough to take, but you know what? I came out and I gave the players who came in an opportunity uh, and, and they stepped up and they won us a grand final. So, you know, uh, one man's loss is another man's gain and, and, that, and that's the world of football. Well, hey, if you look at it this way, you know, victory wouldn't have gotten the finals if it wasn't for you. I think your defensive contributions were massive, uh, honestly. I'm, I'm unbiased perspective here. Um, but Thank you very much. That's, that's just my opinion. Um, and just the overall, uh, it's, it's regarded that semi-final and I wouldn't say the final as much to be honest, but that semi-final obviously with Terry Antonis with that, with that goal and you know, how, how, what were the emotions? I mean, for the, uh, I mean, I guess for the team, but I just like a segue into the next question. What's been like the most elation you've ever received, you know, as a footballer, generally speaking? For myself? Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, you know, being selected for the uh, play my first game for the national team. 
For sure. Uh, making making your debut as well. They're the two things in football that every footballer will say is is amazing. But for Terry that night, um, I suppose that was up there. Um, he got a bit of stick from the boys for, for shedding some tears. But um, <laughs> it's always good, you know. I think if anyone was in the same position as what he he was in and the goal he scored and, and the, the, the what was on the line, you know, like it, it's an emotional goal. And I, I'm so so pleased for him you know he's a good friend of mine and, and, and he deserved it and I guess to see what well, you'd hope would be the next big Australian prospect going overseas uh, with Christian Theo Harris um, obviously you were in that season where he had he had his rise uh, you know what was it like to play with you know with Christian and I guess he is an example of a youth player that has um, got that move to Europe and uh, what do you believe is like the next phase for him and many other youth players that are currently playing overseas? Um, I think the thing is him for him now is to make sure he maintains what he's doing now. You know, it's easy to go over as a kid uh, and then and then have a U-turn and come back. You know, you see a lot of players do that. But the next test for him is is being away from home is the fact that he needs to stick it out and keep learning and keep learning and keep keep building up that experience and and then and then time will tell you know it's 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 difficult being abroad and and it, and it makes you, it turns you into a man and it gets you ready for life uh, not only in football but outside of football so for him I just think he needs to just he needs to carry on he needs to stay over there he's got the he's got all the ability in the world um, he just needs to uh, to, to build a, 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 and you know he'll he'll, learn, he'll keep learning and learning and he needs to stay over there and uh, and dig in and, and work hard. Yeah, absolutely. Just on a personal note, obviously you got the two uh, brothers, uh, Ryan and I'm not pronouncing this right, Aaron. Aaron, I'm not sure. Yep, Ryan, uh, they're both yep. at a very elite level. On a personal note, you know, in my football manager save, I'm currently with Portsmouth, and Ryan Williams has been one one of my best players for sure. Um, so, <laughs> uh, what was it like, you know, growing up with them, and you you, you hear very um, infrequently about brothers who have just succeeded and especially with Ryan receiving his Australian call up last year um, you know how's it you know that relationship you know how how was it like you know growing up and to, to, um, to today uh, you know amazing I, to be honest I left early I left home at 15 16 uh, they were still young so um, no we, we played a lot of football as you can imagine in the backyard uh, for a lot of hours every day but you know, we, we came from a, a successful background. Uh, my dad played for England Schoolboys, QPR, amongst others. Um, my mother played for WA. Um, so, you know, like it was in the blood that we, that we, to be honest, we didn't really have a choice, you know. It was something that was just <laughs> handed, yeah. handed down for us and we, we had to pick up the pieces, you know. And uh, no, you know, you know, now, even still now, I can just say I'm going to be one of the proudest big brothers in the world, you know, the fact that... Uh, Ryan's had a lot of moves. He's had a lot of injuries. Uh, and to see Ryan play for the national team while I was there was amazing. Um, and then you look at Aaron, who, 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 who went the other way, you know. He started off in England and came home, uh, to, maybe to find the love again. And, and he was working a, a nine-to-five job and then, and then went back again. Um, and he's reaping the rewards, you know. Like, I'm so proud of him. To, he's got yeah. that never-say-die attitude that he's, he's kept going and going. And, uh, and he's finding... Uh, a lot of success now and you know he's, he's a big player in his team and they're getting 50 60 maybe more thousand 
to every game, you know. So uh, it, yeah. it makes me proud to to see them both um, doing so well. You know, I've I've had the privilege of playing with Aaron at Glory and playing with with Ryan for the for the Socceroos. So um, do you know what? If I had to retire tomorrow, I would say I was happy. <laughs> and just on that note, um, where would you like to see your career, I guess, progress? you know, from Saudi Arabia, you know, to the next journey? Um, where do you anticipate yourself ending up, obviously, once the um, pandemic is over? Yeah, I, I can I can honestly say, uh, uh, like, I, I'm extremely, extremely happy where I am at the moment. I'd love to extend my contract here. You know, like, I've got a really good relationship with my club, uh, with the president here, with, uh, with everyone else involved with the club. And um, my son's at school. Uh, I had my daughter was born in Saudi Arabia, and do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm as a family now, and, and with football, I couldn't be happier. You know, it's 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 a great Wonderful opportunity to, to be to to be given this opportunity in this yeah. country, and and to thrive on it like I'm seeing my family do now it is amazing. You know, so ultimately, I'd, I'd love to stay here for a few more years. I've got another year on my deal at the moment, a year after this. Um, you know, I'd love to stay, but, you know, it's not always up to me. Um, I'd like to travel. I'd like to do maybe Indonesia or India or Malaysia or Thailand, you know, just to experience the world a bit before I, I do um, think about retirement. Precisely right. So uh, are there any, you know, I'd say players in Australia that are sort of catching eye at the moment? I'm assuming you follow the domestic league uh, somewhat. So, I mean, this, this year, there are many players I can name off the top of my head, but why not hear from a professional as opposed to uh, the critiquing self that I am? So, um, yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one, you know. I don't really see a, a lot of the A-League games. I, I follow it a lot with the news and whatnot and scores, and I've yeah. still got some really good friends there. That I, I'm intrigued to, to see how my, my good friend Rostin Griffiths is doing now as a, uh-huh. as, as a centre-back. He's now a central defender instead of a central midfielder. Yeah, so he, came, he came to I've my been, local club last year. Yeah, he's a very nice guy, yeah. Yeah, he is. So I've been talking to him a lot and, and, and watching him. But uh, do, do you know what? It's it's tough being abroad because you don't hear as much. You don't see as much as uh, as what you do when you're actually playing in the league, you know. So um, I, I know I've been heard, hearing a lot of things about the two, the two young boys coming through at Adelaide. Yep, Torrey Brothers, yep. <laughs> uh, yep. So I'm sure everyone's heard of them, but you know, like this is still a long way to go. You know, you see a lot of players peak early and 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 crumble, and I just hope that they can um, they can keep going and keep progressing that the way that they have uh, and turn into a couple of assets for the country. Um, that's what I'm always scared of: players getting hyped up too much too early and and it going to their heads. So um, let's just hope players can keep 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 grounded and keep working and. And, uh, yeah, like I said, be assets for the country moving forward. Hmm. Absolutely. Uh, now, I'd just like to ask, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you'd have many opinions about this, but uh, especially with, uh, I'd say, if you were to ask any neutral in the A-League or uh, who, who follows the A-League or Australian football in general, one of the things that they would like to see happen is a national second division. Uh, what are your perspectives on that? currently and uh would you like to see that uh, um, implemented in the future uh definitely completely a 100 percent. it needs to it needs to happen 
because at the end of the day, a lot of clubs, you know, like sometimes a competition gets out of it, you know, you're at the bottom of the league and you know you're going to finish bottom. So uh, a lot of teams throw young players in to give them a chance, which is good, but it takes out the competition, you know, the desire to win and, and the desire to have to do well to make a living for yourself. You yeah. know? And, and I think that's the one thing Europe brings, you know, you've, you know, like it's a dog eat dog world. You have to do well to, to provide for your family. And um, I feel like the, the Australian, the A-League, sorry, it might not be ready yet, but it's something that needs to happen. You know, it'll, it'll bring the competition, it will make it stronger. Uh, it'll make it even more competitive than it is now. And I'm sure it'll bring, bring better managers, better, better coaches, better players, and, and a lot more fans, you know, if there's stuff to go for. Say you're bottom of the league with three games to go and you need six yeah. points. And, you know, it's interesting times. Um, Absolutely. So, Especially no, I'm, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm all for it. You know, it needs, it needs to happen. Whether we're, we're ready or not, it's, that's another question. Um, but as much as they can, even, even, even if it starts with one, one relegation, one, one promotion, you know, I think it needs to start somewhere. Um, start slowly and build yourself up. You know, I know they're bringing teams in, but it'd be more fun if for for the fan base and and for people watching for for entertainment for excitement if there was promotion and relegation. Obviously, that wouldn't be something immediate you'd expect because obviously with all the Fox Sports and uh, well, not, not 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 as much anymore. They're about to pull out, but uh, um, you know, with the FFA and the current A-League licenses, you'd see what happened. But where would you like to see, um, I guess, if you were to add an A-League team to the competition at the moment, where would you like to see that um, team based? Cool. Uh, it's a tough question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to see uh, maybe another one from from Perth, from WA, or, or from South Australia. You know, you see both Glory and Adelaide are getting really good crowds and and... and really competitive strong sides so why not maybe add another one to to one of them states and see how it goes you know we've got a couple from melbourne we've got a, a couple from sydney you know so um oh, i think it'd be interesting to to add another team from from wa or, or south australia and just i guess a question just to finish it all uh reese with a lot of especially from lee brox and facts um <laughs> also is he a good dj lee Broxham? just just a question uh, do you know what? I never really got to experience much of his DJ. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I hear. It, I'm hearing it's more of a thing he did like in 2013, as opposed to you know the recent times. But I'm sure he'd be a crowd pleaser. You know, Broxy's always been been that one. For, he, he's he's a man for the team. So uh, whatever the team wants, <laughs> yeah. he'll produce. So. Yeah, but uh, obviously with a lot of ups and downs in and experiences in your career, what are some takeaways? Everyday people, even outside of football, like myself and uh, many people listening to this uh, can, can lean to in tough times such as uh, these right now? Uh, be thankful uh, that you, you, your family and yourself have, have got health. Uh, I think that's a big thing. You know, there's a lot of people worse off in the world that as a footballer, you can't sit around moping about an injury when, you know, people have got plenty of, of, of worse situations than, than you. So I think the thing I've taken out of it is, enjoy your family time uh, while everyone's fit and healthy and, and appreciate what you've got, you know, because there's a lot more people worse off. Um, I don't know that's easy to say coming from a footballer, but being injured so much, it's taught me that, you know, like there's a lot of people in the, in this world that are worse off. 
Um, so enjoy your life and, and enjoy what you got and, uh, and keep moving forward. Yeah. Uh, honestly, this has been fantastic. It's every, more, everything I expected and more. Uh, just like to wish you well, obviously, with, with your family and everything. It's great to see that you're having such a fantastic time while you're playing football and it seems to be in a great uh, mental, sp- uh, mental space uh, too. So wishing you all the best and hopefully we'll see you uh, playing football again where, where, wherever it be, uh, wherever it be uh, in Saudi Arabia or Australia or wherever. So have a great day and we'll catch you soon. Oh, thank you very much for having me and thank you very much for all the listeners and um, no, anytime you need me, I'm always here, you know, especially at these times, there's not much going on. So mm-hmm. uh, I'd love to be involved again, even if people have some, uh, some not fo- non-footballing questions, you know, so I'm always around. Thank you again for having me and thank you for your kind words and, and thank you for the questions. No worries, Reese. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day, mate. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Rumble Project. I'm obviously Neil Simons, and I'd just like to advertise the my Patreon, um, in which t- 75% of proceeds this month go towards the UNICEF COVID-19 appeal, which will help um, those in disadvantaged communities across the world. Um, by chipping in a couple dollars per month, you'll be access to many, many, many rewards, such as having a name read out on each podcast, and you will get exclusive access to our guests before each podcast. Um, have a fantastic day and if you could just chip in a bit of money to help me fund the podcast and bring you a fantastic um, listening experience that would mean the world to me.